Welcome to another episode of The Confidence Rooms with me, Lucy Baker. Have you ever thought about families who haven't got enough money for basic family and personal hygiene products? Well, today's guest is Lizzie Hall, founder of The Hygiene Bank and Boots Woman of the Year 2019. Lizzie has been working tirelessly on her project, The Hygiene Bank, and I'm so excited to talk to her today about confidence, about The Hygiene Bank, about the correlation between hygiene and confidence. So Lizzie, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Lucy. So I want to ask you, what does confidence look and feel like for you? And and how do you work on your confidence? Well, I have to say, this has been a huge learning curve for me, in all honesty, because when I, I didn't intend to set up a charity, I didn't intend to set up a national charity at that. And I've suddenly found myself in a forward facing key speaker role, which has never been something that... I was confident in before, you know, I wasn't the, the, I wasn't the person at school that was sort of happily put my hand up to speak or sit on stage or any of those things. So this whole issue of confidence, actually, I've really had to, to grapple with. And I think really for me, it's probably about knowing my subject matter and feeling passionate. I think if you're, if you, if you can speak with conviction and sincerity and authenticity, then I think that automatically gives you confidence. And if you can present yourself, if it's a visual thing, and if you can present yourself in a way that you feel comfortable with. And so for me, that means every day I have to uh, shower and wash my hair. I know lots of people don't wash their hair every day. I have to wash my hair every day. So it's those little things. It's knowing what makes me feel good in my skin and then being able to, I think, it's all about authenticity for me. Yep. And being passionate. I mean, a lot of what you do and, and, the, and the reasons behind your charity have been passion led, haven't they? So I think you're right. When you step into a role like that and you're so passionate about it, it almost drives you forward without you really having to work on your confidence, perhaps. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, sort of there is still, you know, that whole imposter syndrome, I think that people often, well, I certainly suffer from and I know other people suffer from. Um, But I think when you when you realise that everybody is winging it, (laughs) you know, because you kind of you think you think that you're just the one winging it and you're going to be found out somehow. And then you realise that everybody's winging it. And in fact, a a friend of mine said to me the other day, she worked in HR, she said, nobody can do the job that they go for before they've done the job. Everybody blags it, everybody wings it, and then you learn on the job. So I think it's just understanding that, you know, everybody's in that same boat. Everybody feels the same. Everybody's winging it. You just have, and that's and that's how we go through life. What you did was you you put yourself forward into this role, didn't you? You started something, um, and I think obviously that's that's taken off in such a huge way. Um, and and knowing and understanding the opportunity that comes with that, I think you know, although we're all winging it as we go along, as you say, and I agree with that. You know, that level of passion behind it and that level of purpose behind it, it kind of keeps you learning and moving forward doesn't it yeah absolutely and I mean I, I I totally agree with all of that in fact one of my favorite sayings ever is an is a Oprah Winfrey saying and she says there's no such thing as luck luck is when um preparation meets opportunity and I think that's it it's about it's about that preparation and then when opportunity presents itself you're confident enough to then strike because the prep's been done 
Yeah, and take a risk at that point as well. And often when we start new things, like the hygiene bank, you you know, you're you're kind of taking a bit of a risk, aren't you? And I think that can do two things. You know, you do need a bit of confidence to do that in the first place. But actually doing that and seeing things change and take off feeds right back into your confidence, doesn't it? And yeah, absolutely. It becomes a, it becomes a, 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 a circular process, you know, that we basically, we all need, we need positive feedback. And as soon as you start to get positive feedback in whatever the context is, that then gives you the confidence to take it forward again. That drives more positive feedback. And so the spiral continues and it's an upward trajectory. You've had an amazing couple of years with your charity, The Hygiene Bank. Talk us through the initiative as a whole um, and how you've kept your confidence, you know, with your ambitions for that charity. Yeah, well, sort of if if I take it back a step further, I mean, I didn't plan to set up a charity. I watched the uh, Ken Loach film, I, Daniel Blake, in August 2018. And in it, you see a single mum of two going to a food bank And when she's at this food bank, she asks if they have any period products and they don't. Later on in the film, you see her shoplifting and she's caught shoplifting. And when they empty her bag, she's basically taken some Bic razors, some period pads and some deodorant. And that really got me thinking that that scene really struck me. Her humiliation was palpable to me. And I'd never really joined the dots before that if you can't afford food, if you're struggling financially, then you possibly can't afford some of these everyday essentials that for most of us, we take for granted. But if you're struggling financially, actually suddenly become out of reach luxuries. And so I kind of started to do my own research around this concept. And I went down to my own local food bank who corroborated this, that, um, you know, their primary focus is food. And so they don't get many toiletries. Um, and even if they did, they don't really have the storage. I can't really store them for long. So I decided to do a collection. So I sent a WhatsApp to friends and family on the 14th of August 2018 saying, I'm do- doing a collection of all the essential toiletries and I'm going to take it down to the local uh, Seven Oaks Food Bank. Can anybody contribute anything? And the response was overwhelming. I was getting products from people I didn't know from far and wide. And I realized I had tapped into an opportunity. I tapped into people wanting to do something positively within their community. And I just needed to find a way to facilitate it. So I just then went to a couple of retail outlets and my local council gym and said, if I put up a poster and a box could I, could I drive people here for collections, which they did. That soon extended beyond Seven Oaks. I then set up a social media account on Instagram. And I think, think that's where, Lucy, you first ever heard of me. And, and it grew from there. You know, and two years on, we are a national charity with um, hygiene bank projects in over 170 different locations throughout the length and breadth of the country, including actually we're now in uh, the Republic of Ireland as well. We've distributed, you know, over 300,000 kilograms of products, you know, sort of over two and a half million pounds worth of products to people that previously didn't have access to some of these essential things. And if I have sort of, if you go back before, you know, what is hygiene poverty? Well, hygiene poverty is basically when you're, you don't have enough resources and you have to basically work out this week, am I going to spend money on my 
housing, on my utilities, on my food or toiletries. And we know from research that toiletries are the first to get cut. But actually, these are all about well-being, not only physical well-being, but mental well-being. You know, we all know what it's like if we've been unwell and you haven't been able to shower for a few days. You sort of that first shower that you can take, your shoulders lift. You know, would we be able to present ourselves in a social environment, in a in school, in a work environment, if we hadn't been able to brush our teeth that day, if our hair was greasy and our clothes were a bit grubby and, you know, we, ha- we had a bit of body odour, would we be able to interact in society and fulfil the potential that we have if we didn't have that level, if we didn't have those things? So it directly impacts your confidence. And so what then happens is you sort of like to isolate yourself or you're socially excluded you know it's it's so wrapped up in 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 our mental well-being and ultimately our confidence and our dignity it's a much bigger thing than you ever would feel on the surface level isn't it and I'm sure you've heard some hugely moving stories over the last couple of years I mean are there any you obviously don't need to name names or situations but are there any real situations that stick out that you can share with us you know some of the real stories that you've come across yeah absolutely I mean the very first time I took that first collection down to the food bank and I remember you know we laid out these toiletries and the the food bank volunteers were there and this mum walked in with two children who were school-age children they were in school uniform and she saw this range of products and she was like oh are we allowed to take some of these and they said yes absolutely and she turned to her two children and said in a with a bright smile on her face and said you can have a toothbrush each and that really struck me wow um and then we have other stories of families you know washing everything from their their hair their faces their bodies their clothes in the same cheap washing up liquid they used to do their dishes women being housebound and using scrunched up loo roll in their knickers when they've got their period or not being able to go out at all children that can't participate in in team sport because they've got smelly dirty kits if you're a man and you're you're let's say you're you're going for a job interview you're a young man you know and you're sort of going right do I spend money on shaving stuff or do I spend money on the bus fare to get to the interview you know let's say all things being equal and there's two people there one's presented in a sort of a clean smart way and the other's a bit grubby bit unshaven dirty hair rumpled clothing not very clean who are you going to pick you know, it's, it's, it's it, how we present ourselves is fundamental to our confidence. You know, and that's true of makeup as well. A lot of women yeah. need makeup and that's just as important, you know, that to be able to put on that armour in order to present themselves in a way that they feel comfortable to. And it's also the comfort of, you know, people around these people as well, isn't it? It's not just, you know, society can be unfortunately so judgmental of people who maybe look a certain way or whose hair isn't as clean and groomed as as the next person. And I think it's also, you know, part of your project is to help take that stigma away and take that judgment away from people because you don't know somebody's circumstances, do you? And we don't know what's happening behind closed doors for these families to be in these situations. And taking that judgment away from that, I think is absolutely key in this project, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of our core, you know, obviously our core operational activity is 
guessing products and giving this product to people that need it via a range of community partners. So we're not a frontline service provider. We don't give product directly to individuals. We give products to grassroots organisations within the local community, such as the food bank, the, the local women's refuge, the hostel, schools, social services, NHS trusts. They in turn support their clients and service users with these products. That, that's a response to immediate need. But actually what we've been trying to do is raise the conversation that this exists, this hidden crisis exists. Now, when we look at this, that when we look at just poverty figures in the UK, pre-COVID, one in five people are living in poverty. As a, as a statistic, nine children in a class of 30 live in poverty. Being faced with those difficult decisions of how they spend their resources. And so what happens is the toiletries get cut first. And I was about to say, actually, because they're not life and death. But actually what COVID and this pandemic has shown us is actually they can be a matter of life and death. You know, at the moment we're being asked to constantly use hand sanitizer, wash our hands, wear a mask. Children are being asked to go to school in freshly laundered clothes and uniform. That's another financial burden on people that are already stretched. So it's uh, so so for us raising the, the the conversation to break the stigma, break the taboo, get people talking about it, get everybody on board, so that there's a collective awareness that this exists, and then start to have a conversation of okay, well this isn't right. It's not right that of those of those um, nine children in a class of thirty who live in poverty, two thirds come from a working family. It's not right that work is no longer a route out of poverty. Something has broken down in society. If by working, you cannot maintain a dignified standard of living. If you can't work for whatever reason, because you're, you know, for a myriad of reasons, or you're a carer, you've got caring responsibilities, then our welfare system, which is a public service, should also be ensuring that those people have a decent standard of living. So for us, as well as giving out the product, it's really, really important that we're asking the question that we are getting everybody from citizens to to charitable organisations, to thought leaders, to say, um, businesses, to say, you know, what kind of society do we want for ourselves and each other and our children? You know, what, 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 uh, and confidence is fundamental to being able to unlock talent and potential. You know, lack of confidence is the greatest barrier to um, reaching potential. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. And if these kids are going through school and they're being, you know, they're feeling like they don't fit in or they're feeling like their, you know, their lives are different to others and they and their potential, their potential is being held back, then that it completely changes your future, doesn't it? And small steps, the steps that you're helping people to take to change you know, our, our, the next generation, their lives um, in certain circumstances can, can make huge differences. Absolutely. And, and we say, in fact, these products, we like to think of them not as a hand out, but a hand up. Because, you know, if you could then giving, giving a, a teenager some deodorant 
can be life-changing for them. Suddenly, they, they're, they're, they're not embarrassed about the way they smell, which means they can form social relationships, which then means they're more confident in school. If you're not confident in school, you're not going to perform well in school. So everything, everything is sort of takes you up to the next rung on the ladder. And, 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 and if you don't have these things at the beginning, you're, sort of, you're, you're penalised from, from the start and you can't progress because not only do yeah. you judge yourself, yeah. as you rightly said before, you're judged by others and you're excluded and isolated. Yeah, which is where the, the, the other side of the charity that you talked about, you know, trying to get out into communities and into society to say, do you know what? This is happening and it's real and we can help. You know, a small bits of help from each family can make massive changes in somebody else's life, can't it? Absolutely. And that's what we say. You know, we can't change the world, but you can certainly change the world for one person. And, you know, that, that's, yeah. that's all we can do. It's, it's, it's big, isn't it? You know, little tiny incremental changes can, can make bigger changes. As we, we know that in life anyway, don't we? But people have to make that step don't they? You know, donate to a charity, donate to your charity, donate some products to um, the local food bank. I mean, we can talk about that at the end. But one of the things that really struck me about what you've talked about um, in your some of your kind of marketing material is you use the words give local and help local in a lot of your messaging. And it feels more relevant than ever now, doesn't it? How do you see communities helping each other at the moment? Well, let me just go back to that give local, help local. That's very much part of our mission. So if you, um, the way we work is that we have local projects within an area. As I said, we've got about 170 of them. They then support the local grassroots organisations within that community. The way we get our product we work with brands, but very much as well, we get donated product from individuals. So we have drop-off points. We've got about 700 different drop-off points around the country. And so if you, are, if you were to donate products, it will be redistributed back within that local community to somebody that needs it. It's not being traversed across the country. It's not being sent here, there and everywhere. Whatever is donated to that local project will get redistributed back into the community. And that's really, really important for us. And it's a really important part of feeling, feeling good about yourself as well. You know, you as a donor feel good doing something and it, it's something as small as adding a bottle of deodorant to your shop and donating it. And then knowing that it's going to support somebody within your community that is struggling is a nice thing to do and makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. And I think what, um, what the pandemic actually has shown, and this is what we're trying to harness at the moment, is this compassion and kindness and this sense of community that has evolved as a result of the pandemic. You know, we are all now much more aware of our neighbour and of somebody that's struggling or we're shielding or whatever the scenario, you know, it, it's, it's, if there's one positive to come out of the pandemic, it's that. And so we're sort of trying to galvanise that feeling and say, okay, let's try and extend this within the community. Let's, let, let's collect more product, give it to people that we know or, or, or that, we, that we know are struggling within the community. It's about not taking your foot off the gas, isn't it? You know, realising how helpful we can all be with little tiny things. It doesn't have to be you know, giving up days and days of your time, for example, it can be just tiny gestures of kindness, can't it? And helping somebody else out um, is so important. And, and within the context of the hygiene bank, you know, we, we don't, you don't necessarily even have to sort of 
spend more money. We say things like, you know, those three for twos, take the third one and put it in the donation box. You know, use your star, store, card, right. store card points to buy something extra. You know, it doesn't have to be every week, but just be aware that there are, that this exists. Hygiene poverty in this country, despite being the fifth wealthiest nation, we have a high level of poverty. We have high hygiene poverty. And actually, if we want to unleash everybody's potential, if we all want everybody to be the best versions of themselves, then we need to take away some of those barriers. And at the moment, access to some of these products is a barrier. So do you think we've touched on this already, but what actual effects, you know, is is hygiene poverty having on people's confidence? And we can talk about people from, we've touched on sort of school kids, but, you know, we can think of people at work or mothers or the elderly. I mean, what actual effects is it having on people's confidence? Yeah, so let me just give you some examples of what, what hygiene poverty is. Hygiene poverty is not having shampoo to wash your hair. So just put yourself in that position, having to, to present yourself with greasy hair, if, if, if that would make you feel uncomfortable. Would you be able to, uh, when you've got your period, if you weren't secure in your period protection, would you be confident to go outside knowing that you could have an accident and you could leak? As a new mum who is possibly already slightly anxious, slightly stressed, you know, it it, it, it is stressful having a, a baby and a new baby. Imagine if you had to take that baby's nappy off, scrape out the contents and reapply it because you don't have enough nappies to last you, you know, and so then the baby gets nappy rash. So the baby's distressed, you're more distressed, and that's a spiral then of anxiety. You know, what, what, if, if you sort of take away the products that you use probably on a daily, weekly basis and were to go without, how would you be able to function in the current world you inhabit? If you hadn't brushed your teeth, would you feel self-conscious about your breath? Would you feel self-conscious about your body odor? Would you, you know, could you, could you meet the people that you you're, you meet? Could you work in the work that you're doing? Could you? It, and most people, for most people, they would say they couldn't. Agreed. Yeah. Even just you going through those now, you you put those into your own life, um, as I've just done now in my own head, and it changes everything. Absolutely everything that I do day to day my job, my children, etc. It changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah. And we hear so many stories as well from parents. So mums that, you know, are doing their absolute best, but know that their children are being bullied at school because the children smell. So not only are the children suffering, but you as a mum, knowing that, what does that do for your own then mental health? Yeah, it's all about mental health and confidence and well-being. I mean, there's a physical well-being to being clean but there's a there's a big mental health psychological impact of not being clean and we just know just from lockdown what lockdown uh, and isolation how that impacted mental health and hygiene poverty creates isolation do you think that because of that it's going to get worse or do you think that you need you know do do you need to expand what you're doing to kind of meet the needs of people? I mean, what, what does it look like for the next sort of three to six months for you? How do you sort of see it all going? Now, let me just give you some context. So there are, at the moment, there are over 14 million people living in poverty. Research shows that by the year, year end, so come, come December, 
there's going to be 1.1 million more people pushed into poverty. Just to give you an idea as well of the 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 amount of product I said that we've distributed. You know, we've been going about two years and we've distributed just over 300,000 kilograms of product. 250,000 of that has been since March, since the pandemic. The incremental need for our services has just skyrocketed. And we haven't even begun to see what the end of furlough and all the ramifications of the, the, the impact on the economy. We haven't even begun to touch the sides of that. So what all we can do is do as much as we are and, and appeal to businesses and those that can help to help. Yeah, spread the message. Yeah. Spread the message that yeah. this exists, you know, and it's yeah. only when there's a collective talk. voice talk about that's it. loud enough. Talk about it. Absolutely. Which is great, which is why thank you for having us, me on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think... I've known about what you've been doing for a while and I've followed you closely and I feel that the connection with confidence and, you know, people's futures is just so close and exploring that is is really important. And if we can help anybody to help anybody else's lives um, in this context, then that's just, it's almost like we've done our jobs, isn't it? You know, if I can make somebody feel confident because... Um, because of your charity, then it's just such a lovely thing. Can you share with listeners things that you do to boost your own confidence? And can you share your top tips on confidence? Yes. So for me personally, I think, as I said at the beginning, it's knowing if if I'm going to be in a situation, it's it's being prepared for that situation. So, you know, if I have to go and speak or do anything. It makes sure make, make sure that I know I know my material. So it's turning up to wherever I have to be, being as prepared as I c- can be. You know, obviously there's always things that are a bit left field or you know come at you from something unexpected. But within whatever context it can be, if I can be prepared for it, I do my prep from a from a purely physical aesthetic perspective. I need to feel clean. My hair needs to feel clean. I need to have brushed my teeth. I probably brush my teeth. uh, You know, I'm one of these people that brushes their teeth every time they go out. So if I, you know, go out at lunchtime, I'll have brushed my teeth before I go out again at lunchtime. Those things for me are important for me to feel comfortable. I would probably always wear a bit of eyeliner and a bit of mascara. I'm not really a lipstick person, but I probably always have on a bit of mascara and a bit of lipstick. Not if I'm hanging around the house, but if I go out, so there's certain ways that that definitely I have to I have to prep myself in order to feel ready to face the world, really. And some people might might criticize me for that and go, well, you shouldn't need to have to do that. But that's that's me. That enables me to to put on my that's my armor. That's my cloak. And, you know, people have different cloaks. And, and I'd say that's what it is, whatever it is that you need to boost yourself, whether it's like looking at yourself in the mirror before you leave the house going, go for it today or whatever it is. It's knowing what gets you prepared and psyched and ready. It's knowing, it's knowing yourself really well, isn't it? And part of the work that I do with, with people is to get them to get to know themselves again. Knowing yourself and not being ashamed as well. You know, if, if you need to put on red lipstick to go out, that's absolutely fine. Don't be embarrassed about that know yourself and actually that's what confidence is confidence is knowing yourself 
and being okay with it. Exactly. Do you know what? That's, that's what I tell people. It's about knowing yourself and liking what you know. Completely that. And being okay with it. In terms of what you're doing with the charity and linking that, what makes you feel confident and linking back, you know, that back to other people's lives? That's where, you know, you so, so want people to feel the same, don't you? That they've got that level of confidence from being able to wash their hair, being able to put a slick of lippy on and go and have an interview or something. You know, that they're small things, aren't they, really? But they miss they're missing from so many people's lives. Yeah, they, they, they are. Unfortunately, the, many of the things that I take for mm. granted, and I'm sure you take for granted, Lucy, are out of reach luxuries for many people. And that's, that, that's not right. Mm. Because, you know, li- life can be challenging enough, you know, without having to create the barrier around hygiene poverty. You know, it, it's hard enough, you know, for, for us all to, to sometimes feel confident let alone if we then have to do that in a state of feeling unclean. Yeah, it's such an important message. So to our listeners, if we think about the hygiene bank and how anybody who's listening can can pay their bit forwards to help somebody else, somebody else who's in hygiene poverty, what would be the first thing that they need to do? Well, you know, they could, if they they wanted to uh, donate products, um, if they would go onto our website, uh, www.thehygienebank.com and put in their postcode, they will find their nearest drop-off point. Um, you, they don't have ah. to donate to us. They could donate direct to a food bank, you know, or at the very least, start to have the conversation, start to just become aware, you know, follow us on social media at the hygiene bank, share posts, you know, just raise the conversation that this exists. Um, That at the very least is what we are asking people to do so that there is a collective awareness. Um, And then if people feel that they can do more, that they can donate products or they can donate money, again, go via the website. Or if they want to get involved a little bit more tangibly, we're a volunteer charity. You know, we we work with the power of volunteers. So we're always looking for people that can help us in any capacity. Again, all the details are on the website. So really, if, 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 if anybody wants to get involved, Brilliant. get in touch and we would be most grateful. And I think it's about, we touched on this earlier as well, didn't we, about having the conversation. So I have these conversations with my children to say, you know, to, to make it known to them that not everybody has what they have in life or, you know, and, and like you said, very, very rightly throughout this, share, talk. Um, help if you can and get get this to be a conversation and that's where change comes from yeah absolutely the thing is you can only it's change can has to start with awareness and awareness has to start with a conversation Mm. so we a part of our role is to start that conversation create awareness and then bring everybody together bring all those stakeholders from citizens to thought leaders to businesses to start saying okay this this is not right you know can we really mm. fulfill can we really fulfill our potential if we don't have some of these basics and actually for for every for for, for the sort of the benefit of yeah. all of society we should all thrive you know we don't th- it's not that sort of people thrive by keeping other people down 
the more we thrive, the more we thrive. And I think we all know, you know, from what we've been through for the last six months, that's more important than ever, isn't it? We've all got to lift each other up. We all have a responsibility, I think, to to help people and to to share, you know, to share positivity and, and the good messages of the world because we all need it, don't we? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I, and that's one good thing I'd say that has come out of the pandemic is we have suddenly mm. become compassionate, kind. I'm not saying that it wasn't there before, but it's now much more overt. You know, we're much more aware of our neighbour. Um, and so that, that I'd say that is one good thing that's come out of the pandemic. <laughs> Agreed. Completely agreed. So everybody listening, go and find Lizzie and the Hygiene Bank on Instagram, which is at the Hygiene Bank and check out the website that she mentioned earlier. And please think about what people are going through. You know, some people have some really difficult lives and life is hard. Um, But if we can help in a tiny way, others who are not confident because because of hygiene poverty, then We've done a great job and we all, and also the great thing about that, about volunteering or helping others is that it really boosts your own confidence. So it's a, as you said before, Lizzie, it's a win-win, isn't it? Yeah, it's a win-win, you know, that the person who, who's struggling benefits, but actually doing, uh, and this is what we hear from our volunteers all the time, you know, you feel good by volunteering, by doing something good, by by dropping that bottle of um, shampoo into the donation box. You get a kick out of that. That makes you feel you've done something positive today. That in itself gives you confidence. So it, it, all these have a sort of a multiplier effect, really. Yep. Agreed. Thank you so much, Lizzie. I could listen to you all day and I feel compelled to jump onto your website and make a donation, which I promise you I'm going to do right now. So Lizzie Hall, founder of the Hygiene Bank, thank you so much for joining me in the Confidence Rooms. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'll be back very soon with another episode of the confidence rooms you can find me on instagram at she underscore coaches underscore confidence on facebook at she coaches confidence and my website address is she coaches confidence.com <laughs>